What does it mean, O oh Hieronymus Bosch, that awestruck gaze of yours? Why is your face so pale? Is it that the lemurs, spirits flying up from Erebus, offered themselves to your eye? Hello, listeners. Have you ever heard tales of near-death experiences and wondered just how far back these kinds of stories go? Because it turns out, pretty far indeed. In fact, a near-death experience was described in Plato's Republic. It was in that text, written once upon a time, around 375 BCE, that the Greek philosopher recounted the tale of a warrior bold called Er, the son of Armenius, by race of Pamphylian. He was slain in battle, and when the corpses were taken up on the tenth day already decayed, was found intact, and having been brought home at the moment of his funeral, on the twelfth day as he lay upon the pyre, revived and after coming to life related what he said he had seen in the world beyond. Eyre said that when his soul went forth from his body, he journeyed with a great company, and that they came to a mysterious region where there were two openings side by side in the earth, and above and over against them in the heaven, two others, and that judges were sitting between these, and that after every judgment they bade the righteous journey to the right and upwards through the heavens with tokens attached to them in front of the judgment passed upon them, and the unjust to take the road to the left and downward, they too wearing behind signs of all that had befallen them, and that when he himself drew near, they told him, he must be the messenger to mankind to tell them of that other world, and they charged him to give ear and to observe everything in the place. He said that here he saw, by each opening of heaven and earth, the souls departing after judgment had been passed upon them, while the other pair of openings there came up from the one in the earth souls full of squalor and dust, and from the second there came down from heaven a second procession of souls clean and pure, and that those which arrived from time to time appeared to have come, as it were, from a long journey, and gladly departed to the meadow, and encamped there as at a festival. Acquaintances greeted one another, and those which came from the earth questioned the others about conditions up yonder, and those from heaven asked how it fared with those others. And they told their stories to one another, the one lamenting and wailing as they recalled how many and how dreadful things they had suffered and seen in their journey beneath the earth. It lasted a thousand years. While those from heaven related their delights and visions of a beauty beyond words. They camped at eventide by the river of forgetfulness, whose waters no vessel can contain. They were all required to drink a measure of the water, and those who were not saved by their good sense drank more than the measure, and each one, as he drank, forgot all things. 
And after they had fallen asleep, and it was the middle of the night, there was a sound of thunder and a quaking of the earth, and they were suddenly wafted thence, one this way, one that, upward to their birth, like shooting stars. Air himself was not allowed to drink of the water, yet how and in what way he returned to the body he said he did not know. But suddenly recovering his sight, he saw himself at dawn lying on the funeral pyre. Hieronymus Bosch was a 16th century Dutch painter whose painted depictions of the afterlife included the iconic tunnel with a light at the end. Born into a family of painters, Bosch belonged to the Flemish school of painting and developed a unique style, creating dreamlike figures and scenes replete with fantasy. He was a painter of demons, hell, torture, fires, creative and grotesque figures, anthropomorphic animals, the capital sins, corruption, and the vices of his time. Some scholars believe that Bosch was left traumatized as a child after witnessing a fire in which more than 600 people died, which could explain the representation of hellish and hallucinatory scenes in his work. Perhaps the artist, haunted by the dead and the undead of his youth, depicted scenes he'd heard from the mouths of victims after their own near-death experiences. Bosch's painting of the Tunnel to Heaven is called the Ascent to Empyrean, or Ascent of the Blessed. It was made between 1505 and 1515, and is part of a four-panel collection entitled Visions of the Hereafter. The others in the series are called Terrestrial Paradise, Fall of the Damned into Hell, and Hell. Another case of historical near-death experience is that of Admiral Beaufort, an admiral with the Royal Navy who had narrowly escaped drowning in Portsmouth Harbor in 1795. In his own words, Though the senses were deadened, not so the mind. Its activity seemed to be invigorated in a ratio which defies all description, for thought rose above thought in rapid succession. The event just occurred, the awkwardness producing it, the bustle it must have occasioned, the effect on my most affectionate father, the moment in which it would be disclosed to the family and a thousand other circumstances minutely associated with home were my first reflections. Then they took a wider range. Our last cruise, a former voyage and shipwreck, my school and boyish pursuits and adventures. Thus traveling backwards, every past incident of my life seemed to glance across my recollection in retrograde succession. Not, however, in mere outline as here stated, but the picture filled up with every minute and collateral feature. In short, the whole period of my existence seemed to be placed before me in a kind of panoramic view and each part of it seemed to be accompanied by a consciousness of right or wrong, or by some reflection on its cause or consequences. Indeed, many trifling events which had been forgotten, then crowded into my imagination, and with the character of recent familiarity. 
Here's one more story, that of Sir Alexander Ogston, who was nearly lost to typhoid fever in the year 1900. He said, Mind and body seemed to be dual, and to some extent separate. I was conscious of the body as an inert, tumbled mass near a door. It belonged to me, but it was not I. I was conscious that my mental self used regularly to leave the body. I was then drawn rapidly back to it, joined it with disgust, and it became I, and was fed, spoken to, and cared for. And though I knew that death was hovering about, having no thought of religion nor dread of the end, and roamed on beneath the murky skies, apathetic and contented until something again disturbed the body where it lay, when I was drawn back to it afresh. Thanks for listening. I know this is a short episode, but there's one more day of travel, two in fact, to our new home, and then I hope to get so much stuff done for you guys, including Patreon updates and extra content. Please stop by our Facebook page, Twitter feed, or Instagram account to follow what yours truly and the many feline producers get up to between episodes, and do spot us a cup of tea via buymeacoffee.com forward slash history obscura if you would. Donations help keep me up and running. Also, please check out today's sponsor, the podcast Coffee Time Again with Dale Hutchinson. Dale discusses his take on political history and themes like capitalism, religion, and the founding fathers, and how history repeats itself. Find Coffee Time again on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, Amazon, and more. Good night. (music) 